0: click on the big red button and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I can't tell you how excited I am to bring you today's featured guest, Marcy Newman. Marcy, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Ken. I'm really excited to be here. I love the work you're doing.
0: Well, thank you. Yeah, and I love what you're doing. And let's let's make sure the listeners know what you're doing. So let me just give them a little back background here. So Marcy Newman is a reverend. She's a professional energy healer. She's an integrative intuitive counselor. She's a spiritual minister, a certified hypnotherapist, and a Reiki master. But that's not all. She's also a published author. A creator of award winning manifestation and healing products, and a public speaker. For over 45 years, Marcy's professional journey has been guided by her own teachings of energy healing and transformation. And her work is considered among the leading energy healing and shifting processes to create sustained and lasting challenges. Now, Marcy helps people all over the world identify and overcome resistance to blocks. She connects on a deep cellular energetic level, to help clear unresolved, unforgiven issues, and teaches people how to shift their perceptions and thinking to one that's always rooted in love. It's her mission to deliver these messages of love and transform lives through energy healing education, teaching empowerment skills, and creating tools for personal change. Wow, Marcy, you've been busy. I have. <laughs> so, would you would you do me a favor? Would you would you share with our audience just like give us a brief glimpse on how you got started doing this this amazing work that you've been doing all these years?
1: Um. So first off, Ken, I, I think it's really important that our audience understands that each of us really is the culmination of all of our experiences every single day, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And so, my journey is. Um, of course the, the very same, and I have to say what seemed to be an oddity as a child has just, you know, become this incredible opportunity for me because I recognized very early on that I had a different perspective on things. And I also had the ability to intuit, um, What was happening around me. So I I had access to information that wasn't necessarily available to others. And as I said, it happened at a very early age. And I also started to have reflections on past lives. And um, it just gave me this sort of leg up on things. And throughout my childhood, my adolescence, my Um, you know, young adulthood, I really became this go to person, all my friends and even their parents (laughs) on occasions would, would come to me. And so everything that I do today is really evolved from that early acceptance of myself as being um, perhaps a more expansive version than the child that I appeared to be. And um, it has served me my whole life through. But of course, it's also presented um, a number of challenges as well. But that's what makes us who we are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So do you mind if I ask you, like how young were you when this first came to light for you?
1: Oh, I would say probably before the age of 10. I remember having some like past life flashbacks at that time. Mm -hmm. And I just accepted them as normal and everybody must have them. And um, I recall being in Sunday school and having very clear and definitive debates with my Sunday school teachers um, to the point where I was asked to leave on occasion. (laughs) And (laughs) so, you know, It was just one of those things that I accepted as being very natural. Yeah. And um, it's just taken me through such a wonderful adventure here on the earth. So I'm very grateful for it, to tell you the truth. And it stepped into my professional life, um, you know, when I left high school and decided to go to nursing school. And nursing school also held a lot of challenges for me because I didn't entirely buy into the whole traditional or conventional um, medicine. And I really started to study metaphysical healing at that time. I became ordained as a spiritualist minister at the age of, I think I was 19 or 20. And so I was trained in, you know, um, hands-on healing, mediumship, channeling, and um, I've just brought all of that, you know, through my entire life and um, and how I address the world.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, the reason I asked you when you when you first noticed this is, you know, my my focus is really relationships and. I was first approached about relationships when I was in fourth grade. Wow. And I'd never had a date in my life. (laughs) But like you, there was, I don't know why, it was like my brother's, older brother's friends who were starting to somewhat date asking me things. And I'm like, why are you asking me? But somehow I had access to that information. And I didn't really have a clue what that was about other than a lot of people ask me stuff about relationships. Uh, until, phew, geez, at least 20 years later, and mm. then when I went, oh, that's what that was. It all started to make sense, and and like you, I've been able to you know integrate those type of things and working with spirit and energy and, and everything since then. Um, so yeah, it's it's really cool, and it is it's amazing how that that shows up. And like you said, in some ways it's a leg up, and in other ways you're like, hmm, this is kind of like a, a roadblock or at least a speed bump. But we we work through it, just like everybody does in their lives.
1: Yeah, or not. True, (laughs) true. Or still working. (laughs) Yep,
0: yep, work in progress. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Marcy, because obviously here on Speaking of Partnership, we focus on on partnerships of all types. And I'm, I'm wondering for you, as you've gone through your life, what has been kind of that guiding principle or that mantra or that touchstone that you come back to regarding partnership whenever you... Kind of notice you're maybe off in the weeds a little bit.
1: It's such a great question, Ken. And I'm going to say also that what I have brought myself back to has changed throughout the years. Mm -hmm. You know, at different intervals, different things um, would help me to anchor in. But where I am today is um, really this place of recognizing that all of my relationships, all of my interactions are being created by me, for me. And what that means to me is that I am recognizing that everything that happens is really in my favor. And that means whether it's the most wonderful, easy-flowing relationship or the most difficult and challenging relationship. And it's been a long time coming, you know, because we live in this world where we are, or I would say I have been, although I think I speak for all of us, so bombarded by what life should be, Um, who we should be, um, the kinds of things that we should be thinking about or accept as truth. And um, it's very confusing. It's confusing to us as a soul that is this divine energy that has divine intelligence and this human form that is you know trying to live in this world and so there's part of that that calls to a conformity that is the antithesis of who we are as a soul yes and so what i come back to over and over and over again at this point in my life is to remind myself that all things are working in my favor That in every challenge, every relationship, whether it is personally affecting me or globally affecting me, it is an opportunity for me. It's an opportunity for me to choose whether I'm going to expand and work to transcend the denser energy of it Or if I'm going to allow myself to get sucked into it. And that's a challenge I think we all face 24 7. Because from my perspective and what I've come to glean as truth is that we we are here for this purpose. We are here to exercise our free will and to make the choices that. are constantly drawing us to expand so that we can have more love, I guess, extend through us. And with that in mind, it's how I, I really try to approach um, everything in my life. And sometimes I'm successful, Ken, and sometimes I'm less successful, but it's always a stepping stone. I do recognize that.
0: Thank you. and. You know, I I love the specific way that you said what you just said, because you you, you said all those life experiences are being created by me and for me. And I think that last part gets dropped off a lot of times and then it causes confusion. Because we go, well, why would I create something bad? Right. Why would I create something painful? Now I don't believe that I'm creating anything. When when we understand that yeah sometimes that that gift that's in there wasn't the most fun gift to open, but it's still a
1: gift. Yeah, the value of it. Yeah. Um, is for us to find.
0: Exactly, exactly. Wonderful. Thank yeah. you.
1: Yeah. So.
0: I, I, I want to ask you something, because one of the things that our, our listeners love about the show is how generous our, our guests are in, in sharing their mm-hmm. own personal journeys, and I'm wondering if you would share with us a, a story of a time in your life when, well, you kind of tripped up in a partnership, and just let us know what was going on, what, you know, what did you trip on, and what did that, like we were just talking about, what did you ultimately learn from that experience that has helped you move forward?
1: Okay, you're ready. <laughs> Um, so what I'm going to talk about is actually a time in my life where, um, everything was actually quite idyllic. All right. Where everything seemed to be totally having come together. I was, um, celebrating my 25th wedding anniversary Um, I had four kids who were very happy and healthy and well on their way to um, exploring and developing their own lives. Um, I had materially everything that I could possibly want, living a very affluent life and really just sort of picking and choosing where I wanted to be, what I wanted to do, etc., And what happened was I was out in Montana at a family wedding. And I had always had this really strong affinity to the Native American. And, you know, we spoke earlier about my past life uh, flashbacks. One of them as a young child was actually as a Native American. And so I've always had this really strong connection to it. And so I'm out in Montana and I was really feeling such a a welcoming by the energy of it and we were at this family celebration and um, as I said we're also celebrating 25 years of marriage and when I say marriage I'm talking about a marriage where other people would come to us for advice and looked upon us as really the epitome of having it all and um, we were in this, in this house, and I remember looking out into the backyard, and here was this authentic teepee. Well, needless to say, I couldn't contain myself, and <laughs> <laughs> I snuck out of the party, and I go out into this teepee, and immediately, Ken, and I know you can appreciate this, and I love that your listeners will be able to as well. But I, I started to have like this very cosmic experience right away, I could feel the energy um, elevating me. And it was really quiet and I pulled back the ceiling flaps and it was as if the night sky just started to flood the TP. And I realized in that moment, and I'm actually getting tears in my eyes, I realized in that moment that I could breathe. I didn't even know that I hadn't been breathing, no. but all of a sudden I felt like I could take this deep breath and I decided to lie down on the mats inside and I was just lying there and thinking, oh my God, I'm grateful for my life. Seriously, I have everything anybody could ever want. And all of a sudden, like a ticker tape across my mind's eye, it says, how much longer do I have to do this, Lord? Hmm. Oh my God, I bolted upright, I broke out into a sweat, and I had to jump out and vomit in the bushes. I was so shaken to my core with that thought that was seriously more like a declaration. It's like, all right, I've done this. How much longer do I have to be here?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And oh, my God, Ken, all of a sudden I had I was like flooded with such guilt and shame. Like, who are you? You have everything. And how could you even possibly ask how much longer do you have to do it? Like in some hardship and i was so unsettled the entire time that i was there and of course all that guilt and shame that just surfaced like that i thought everybody could read it and so i found myself like in hyper alert right with people's reactions to me and i just could not get myself together and then my children um you know, presented us with this beautiful memory book that they had made for us, and I kept getting this sinking feeling like the jig's up. Mm -hmm. It's over. It's over. And um, I was living on Long Island at the time, and I went back, and I tried to sweep it under the rug, right, which we often do when Mm -hmm. we're confronted with something that is demanding something very extreme of us, But I knew, I just knew in my gut, there is something either very wrong or very right that has happened. And it didn't take long before I realized that I had really been repressing and suppressing a lot of deep unhappiness. And so I, you know, reached out to my healing community Um, of which I was very, very involved with at the time and creating some changes in it. Um, I reached out and I um, worked with a therapist who specialized in women who are in transition, which is a lot of what I do now. And it came to the surface very quickly. The real crux of my unhappiness was my marriage. And... I started to realize that what I had done is I had built an entire life around the illusion of what was expected of me, who I was expected to be, um, the station of life that I had co-created. And what I had done is I had left very little room for the authentic parts of me to be the compelling force in my life. And I spent a year really delving into that and identifying the parts of me that I had buried, believing that they were unacceptable. That they made me unlovable, that they made me less than, that they made me somehow not worthy of the life that I was living. And I started to bring them all to the surface and in truth kind of let them have their way with me. And I'm going to tell you right now that um, it was met with a lot of resistance and it was very painful. I struggled a lot during that time. And eventually, to make a long story short, I ended up leaving that life behind. I left my marriage, I left my marital home, my community, my job. So many of my friends, um, even some family members who would not accept who I really was But what emerged was this person who is speaking with you now, who is, I have to say, like the greatest expression of myself that I can possibly be in this moment of time and have claimed all of these parts of myself as my most magnificent parts And those are the parts that I share with others. What also happened was, and this is what was so incredible, and nothing could have prepared me for this, the universe laid itself at my feet. I started to have all of these creative ideas come through me and it was the basis really of my starting my own manufacturing company Um, I, you know, built this incredible private practice where I was, you know, working with people of all walks of life and helping them to come into their hearts as well. And of course, during that time, I was faced with the greatest challenges in my relationships, but it was nothing compared to the challenge of the relationships Within myself that I needed to develop and to strengthen and to accept and then to celebrate, which enabled me to work through my relationships with those around me who really looked at me as a huge disappointment.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Thank you for allowing me to share that.
0: Yeah. Um I, I don't share
1: looking. it that often.
0: Well, thank you. And you know, one of the things that that really stood out to me as you were you were sharing that story with us, Marcy, is, you know, obviously we talk about partnership here, and what you were addressing is what I personally believe is the most important partnership, was and that's that partnership with our true self. Mm-hmm. And You know, you framed this very well when you said, you know, there's so many messages out there of who we should be or how we should be. And they're endless. I mean, every marketing message is. Sure. You should have this car. You should wear these clothes or use this makeup or whatever it is. So there are all these messages that how you are is not okay, or not enough. Right. Or too much. could be that side, too. Sure. And. What you just described obviously is not like, oh, and it was all rosy and everything was just great. And <laughs> it went from good to better. It was like, it went from good <clears throat> to terrible. And like, how can I be doing this? But your awareness that that was your truth. Yeah. And you were committed to no longer abandoning that truth and betraying that truth by walking away and being someone you're really not. And yeah, it's going to rattle some things around in your life like nobody's business. <laughs> there's no question.
1: Right. And I couldn't protect them. And I couldn't protect myself. Yeah. And and that was a huge part of it, Ken, I had to accept that, that that was their journey. So I also believe that we, and I don't, I don't know what our, you know, what your beliefs are, but I believe that we come here with these agreements. I'm going to give you this opportunity. I'm going to learn this, I'm going to teach that, um, I'm going to be present for you, and um, in all of these different ways, right? Because we have so many dimensions of us that need to be integrated in that expansive uh, process that each of us, I believe, feeds into that, gives us those opportunities. And I had to anchor into that belief in order to do what I needed to do, and um, and step away from taking their journeys for them.
0: That's a great way to say it, because it's it's one of the. I mean, I think what you just shared there is such a powerful piece of. That's literally what we're doing when we're not being true to ourselves, is we're trying to protect them from their experience of the real us. Right. They're Oh, they're going to freak out. They're not going to be able to handle this.
1: Right. I,
0: I had a woman once um, on, a, on a much more physical level, we were working on this. So she had these beliefs that you know she had to do what she, she was supposed to. And one of them, a very simple one, was around her hair. So she was a woman who had beautiful long blonde hair. And ever since she was a little kid, she was known as the girl with the beautiful long blonde hair. Her mom was so proud of it and all this kind of thing. And she told me, she said, I've wanted to change my hair forever, but I know it'll devastate my mom. (laughs) And so through a process that we worked through, she eventually decided she was going to get her hair cut. And the scariest day was the first time she was going to see her mom after that. Because she was thrilled. She's like, oh, my gosh, this is so much what I wanted. I'm so excited I did this. But one of these days, I'm going to have to see my mom and it will kill her. That's literally her belief. Wow. And so the day comes. She walks in the door. Her mom has this look on her face like, what's going on? And, of course, she's hitting all her fear ideas that, oh, my gosh, I've totally devastated this woman. You know, it's my mom. I care so much about her. And yet I just ruined her life. And her mom... Like, finally starts to smile and goes, that's gorgeous. I've been wanting you to cut your hair for so long. (laughs) She had no idea that this woman had made up this story that her mom couldn't live without her long hair. Wow. And so she wasn't being true to herself, and obviously because she thought she was protecting someone. But the truth was, she wasn't protecting anyone. She was holding everyone back.
1: And I think when we get right down to it, we're actually enabling, Mm -hmm. right? So we're enabling ourselves to stay safe, or we think we're safe, but we're never safe if we're not expanding and changing, and enabling the others who have those kinds of expectations of us um, to stay where they are and to not expand and be accepting and unconditional in love. I mean, Mm -hmm. how else do we learn unconditional love than to exercise it? And so we have to first learn that within ourselves. Can I truly love myself unconditionally? Oh my God, it's a a full-time job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is not a passive thing.
1: (laughs) No, not for the weak of heart.
0: (laughs) No, and you're so right because... Oftentimes I I hear the the comment when I'll say, you know, you trying to protect, in this woman's case, her mom isn't doing anybody any good. She's like, well, what do I need to do? It's like, you don't need to do anything. You need to be you. You need to let yourself be in alignment with your truth all the time and where the chips fall, the chips fall because they have a lesson. What if you being you is the lesson they need to experience but you're hiding you so they never get their lesson. It's not your responsibility. It's just why you're here. It's one of the reasons you're here. is you're in alignment. You're in a relationship in this life because there was a lesson to be learned, but we're holding each other away from it. We don't know what the lessons are. It's not like they sent us a a syllabus and said, oh, yeah, you're responsible for this and this and this. Yeah. how it works. We just have to be treated ourselves.
1: And I think you bring up such an uh, an important uh, point also, and that is and I'm sure you've heard this a thousand times over, as I have, but people always say they want to be loved for who they are. Mm -hmm. Well, the only way that's going to happen is to be who you are. You'll never be loved for who you are unless you are that person. Yes. So we have to start taking that risk Okay, and being who we are. But it also requires that we start to put aside this belief, this illusion that we somehow have to earn love. Love is not to be earned, that is a conditioned response. Love is what we are. Mm-hmm. Love is already what we are. It is an energy of the highest frequency of this universe. It's what allows us to create and co-create all things. And so as we work to accept love is not to be earned, love is to be an expression of who we are now we get to live the way we are meant to live but finally to be loved for truly who we are and there is no greater freedom than all of that
0: hundred percent hundred percent so let me ask you something marshy because I mean, we've been talking about this kind of conceptually, right? And you gave a great example of your own experience. What would be like as you've moved forward in your life, focusing on honoring who you are, staying in that that space, what would be an example of a, a, a kind of a partnership moment that happened as a result of that? Like the payoff of being in partnership with yourself first.
1: So for me, what immediately springs to mind is how I was saying the universe laid itself at my feet. I was finally in alignment to be in partnership with universal law. So those laws of attraction, laws of partnership, laws of um, Letting go, laws of the ability to receive. Everything started to fall into place. As a result, I started to bring to me people who I could be myself with, who um, who had no previous expectations and who honored my decisions and focus to continue to be this greatest expression of myself possible. So as you can imagine, everything changed. (laughs) Okay. So as I said, when I left that previous life, there were many people who it would appear to be that I walked away from. In reality, I didn't, but I did probably spiral away from them because they couldn't relate to me any longer. And the truth was, is they really weren't comfortable with me. Um, they didn't know who I was anymore and There was a distrust of me. So what was happening, of course, simultaneously was that every step that I took to just boldly be myself, I also realized that I was developing a trust for myself that I had never had before. I also realized, and this was hands down the biggest lesson that I had, was that I had begun to love myself in a way that I had never given myself permission to do before. And that development of my self-love is what changed my whole life. And the people that are drawn to me and come into my sphere, my energy field, are people now who support me, support my growth, support my expansion, support my expression, and not to be in awe of me, but to truly celebrate. And I, of course, have full access to the energy that's needed to do that for them. So the other benefit of all this, and this is so amazing to me because there are so many parts and parcels of this journey, but what I also realized in that whole journey of learning to love myself, and by the way, still a work in progress. We are never complete with that. But I also realized is that the more that I could put aside the judgment that I had of myself, I stopped judging others. I could of course discern whether or not they were support of my growth and expansion and my expression, but I didn't have to judge them in order to discern that. That was a huge aha for me and has changed all the relationships that I have in my life. Magical. Magical, yes.
0: Yeah. You're would you right say, on. Would you say that again about the, the, the more you put aside the judgment?
1: I'm not sure that I can. But... <laughs> um, so let me just put it this way. There is a difference between discernment and judgment. Discernment is all about us. It's when we are in touch with the truth of our being and we are discerning what feeds our highest good and what doesn't. That discernment then calls upon us to make different choices. So, as I live my life with the intention every single day to feed my expansion, for me to be the greatest presence of myself that I can be, it requires that I make certain choices and I need to be committed and be true to those choices. If that means that I choose to, um, to feed my spirit, rather than to be with a person or a group of people who I know, the conversation will not feed me, but instead may actually tempt me to move into a space that is self-sabotaging my decision not to be with them is not one of judgment it is one of discerning what is best for me and taking the actions that are in alignment with it from my perspective that is the true definition of self-love it is having the courage and the commitment to take actions that are in alignment with our highest good. So it's taught me to make my decisions and the choices and my actions not based on judging another person as less than me or crazy or um, anything else that I might think of them but rather simply to discern, to ask myself, is this feeding my spirit, is it not? And working my best to choose what feeds. Mm -hmm. Feeds my spirit, feeds me as a soul to expand, feeds my highest good, and ultimately then allows me to feed those around me.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. You're
1: so welcome.
0: So Marcy, we've gotten to a part of the show I call Bring It All Home. And this is this is where we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna step away from the stories a little bit. And <clears throat> I'm gonna ask you just to to share a couple of, you know, kind of what I'll call like bullet points for folks to take with them. Because uh, there's been so much in here. I mean, I don't even know where to start. Like if I had to list them out, I'd, I'd probably lose count. <laughs> there's so many gold nuggets oh. in this conversation. Um, what I'm curious about is you've shared so much about your journey and your path, and I really appreciate that. What, what, What is like, I don't know if it was a book or a resource or something that you found that actually helped you in this journey that you would recommend to our listeners and why?
1: Meditation. Mm -hmm. Meditation. And developing the practice on a daily basis. If you find meditation to be challenging, there are so many free resources now whether it's a guided visualization or beautiful music that has been calibrated to raise your vibrational frequency. You know, the internet is just filled with it. Find what works for you. The most important thing, the most important task is to find what feeds us. It's our responsibility. And we must have a daily spiritual practice. We must be, and I believe we must actually begin our day. So, to tell you the truth, mine begins the moment I open my eyes in the morning, but sometimes it begins without me. Sometimes I'll wake up and I'm already in prayer, Mm. I'm already hearing a song, I'm already, I can feel my energy coming forward with joy. It means that even while I sleep, I'm looking to align with my higher self, and this is how I want to spend my day. So I know that if I can carve out five minutes, three minutes, one minute to say, oh my God, I'm so thankful for this day, and anticipate with delight how the universe is going to show itself to you. That's a beautiful place to begin. That can all happen in 30 seconds. Oh my God, I'm so grateful for today. I can't wait to see what happens. It opens the doors, it opens portals, it opens possibilities. And we must begin to understand that if you want your day to lay itself at your feet to support you in being a full expression. This is what we must do. And so from my perspective, it's meditation in whatever form suits you. Just commune. Commune with that greater part of you. Commune with the divine intelligence that only wants to love you and love through you and I you know I love this phrase from the course of miracles and it's um where should I go what should I do who should I speak to and what should I say beautiful powerful
0: absolutely powerful thank you thank you thank you well Marcy I mean it's Pretty clear we could probably go on for hours, but that's not how this works. So <laughs> do me a favor. Would you, would you let our listeners know how they can contact you and learn more about what you do?
1: Absolutely, and it's my greatest joy to do so. So please contact me. My website is very simple, www.heartshiftcoach.com. My work is in helping people to shift their hearts. Heart shift Coach. Um, and you can reach me at info at heartshiftcoach.com. And very simple, when you go to my website, you know, click on "Contact me," and I really would love to hear from you. And by the way, there are so many free resources and people can join my self-love university, which is filled with lots and lots of free stuff. And it's all geared towards raising your vibrational frequency so that you can finally see who you are and this incredible opportunity that you have to shine your light as The beautiful light being that you are. So I can't wait to hear from you.
0: Thank you, Marcy. That is so wonderful and so generous. And for all you listening, some of you know this because you've listened to our show regularly. All the contact information is going to be on the show page for Marcy's show on Speaking of Partnership. So don't worry if you weren't able to keep up and jot all that down. Just go to speakingofpartnership.com, type in Marcy's name. You'll go straight to her show page, and as you scroll to the bottom, you'll see links to everything she just told you about. So it's super easy for you to connect with her. Well, Marcy, your your stories, your insights, just incredible, absolutely incredible. I've learned so much and been reminded of so much today, and I know our listeners have too. Thank you again for being on the show today.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And I'm really so grateful for the work that you're doing, as I said initially and um thank you for just being the light that you are it's beautiful
0: my pleasure thank you thank you thank you for listening to speaking of partnership head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on follow your yes friday It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.